You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the kind of movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Hello. Spot on Russian accent. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I just wanted to practice it. I practiced it um, just seconds before I came on this call, which might have been the amount of time that... Um, <laughs> uh, Mickey Rourke? Our, our, our pal Mickey Rourke practiced it. Um, I think that uh, may I, have been more... I, I, I have to go ahead and confess something in this very moment. I paused there, not, well, partially because I forgot the name of the actor, but more importantly because I conflated the name of the actor, and I almost said Mickey Rourke, which would be a different movie. <laughs> no, Mickey Rourke is right. No. Or Mickey, Mickey Rooney. Mickey Sorry, Rooney, yes, said, yes. That would have been a way. I said Mickey Rooney. <laughs> that would have been so much different. Oh, no. A lot more whiny. Yeah. Oh, we play. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I why just... do they make arc reactors so big? <laughs> this well, is like this joke is dating us. He's been dead for like a decade. <laughs> this, this, I mean, this podcast is going to go downhill. Not because I predict the movie is going to be the review is going to be bad, but just because it's going to be it's going to be hard to top that <laughs> Mickey Rooney whiplash impression. It's Woo! spot on, really, when you think about it. Spicy. I, in case but, you're confused, um, what we're talking about. Yeah, we, we, we did just mention Mickey Rourke and uh, some sort of supervillain name, so I think you probably figured it out right now, unless you're a total idiot. And did not bother to look at the name of the podcast before you downloaded it. Or the episode before this, or just, I don't know, context clues, man. Get it together. In case, you know, here, I... I'm going to give them the best context clue. <laughs> if they don't get it after this, they're lost. All right, all right. We watched Iron Man 2. Hmm. Think that's enough context, or? Subtle hint. Yeah, that's uh, like the worst clue in the game of Clue. I think you, I think you, you killed it. Um, yeah, we we are finally catching up with some of our back catalog MCU entries here in this podcast of watching every superhero slash comic book movie adaptation ever made. A podcast that, by its own definition, could never end, and thus is essentially tantamount to uh, cosmic torture. So uh, it's it's <laughs> basically life imprisonment with like you know like when they give people like four life sentences and you're like that doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't just Post, one work? Real quick, can we go ahead and uh, get those um, Not Another Origin Story colon tantamount to Cosmic Torment uh, shirts printed up? That was going to be hard to come up with an image for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it needs an image. Just uh, just those words in big, bold font. And just confuse everyone, you know? Um, so we did Iron Man 2, uh, once again directed by uh, John Favreau, uh, who's also in it. Still the weirdest thing for me. Um, yeah, because, sort of an odd person to, uh, yeah, until Tarantino does, you know, Star uh, Trek, like he's plastic, supposed to be doing? Pl- plastic man or something. And he comes in to be like plastic man. And then this is a racist. Cause it's like his opportunity to do so. Cause he's playing a character or whatever. Um, that's, that, that's the only other time I think we'll ever see a director in the movie, like in a recurring character. And more importantly, yeah. Kind of beloved. Like, I don't think anyone yeah. hates Happy. He also appears he's... in movies that are not... He appeared in uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. And he appears in... in one of the Avengers movies. I was going to say, he's got to be in one of the Avengers movies. Maybe not. Sure. Maybe I'm wrong, actually. But, um, yes, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and get into it. Because Iron Man 2 is an interesting one for both of us. Because Pogues admitted that he, rem- he remembered not so much his recollection of whether or not he enjoyed this movie or completely hated it. And I have never seen it. 
I have just seen pieces of it or had it referenced in other material. I, I have defended this movie to people who have told me they hate it because I like, I remember liking it before we watched it. Not saying that I don't like it after watching it, but, uh, you know, my, yeah, I, my, my previous position was for once liking a movie. <laughs> not to be a total spoiler here, but, um, I was a fan. I mean, I think something's pretty clear to listeners of this podcast is uh, despite especially my attempts to be optimistic and open, we are definitely, I think, far more in Marvel's camp than we are in DC's. Well, I think that's Um, also called, like, being part of the market because nobody's really in DC's (laughs) camp. That's sort of their problem. I think you'd be tremendously surprised. But uh, uh, with Iron Man 2, having come into it completely blind, uh, or mostly blind, I had an okay time. I had a pretty good time. Uh, But let's not spoil it too bad. Let's talk about it. Um, so this came out in 2010. I think I briefly covered the fact that this was pre-Thor, obviously post mm-hmm. Iron Man one. Actually, the end credit scene is for Thor. If you watch the end credit scene, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean it's like <laughs> I like that the the the, the post credit scenes are sometimes super hard to follow unless you're a comic nerd. Well, they'll, like, they'll just like show you like a silhouette of Thanos and like half the audience in like a theater is like, Oh, the other half's like, sorry, what? Who's this big purple man? Um, and then this one's just like, I guess this is kind of the same thing, but this one shows like Mjolnir. And you're just like, Oh, okay. I mean, I get that. Um, it's also super interesting watching this movie in hindsight because there's so much going on that would not be clear. Like, I don't know if Thor had been announced yet. So I don't know if it was a big deal they keep mentioning something in the north or the southwest or New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico. It was, it, they hit it like five times. I'm not kidding. Yeah. They hit it a lot, which I found a little exhausting. Um, but also just small stuff like, you know, Black Widow's there, and I know who she is. <laughs> so it's, when she's, it, it, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like they just had like, Paul Rudd show up in a movie and not be Ant-Man for a while, but I was like, I know who he is. Like, yeah, I don't... <laughs> this was this was definitely sort of the introduction of uh, Scarlet... No, Black Widow. I always, call her, I always want to call her Scarlet Witch for some reason. Black Widow into the MCU. And it is like, going back and watching it, it's very jarring because you're just like, this is a really weird, like... If you had no idea what was coming, it, you're just like, they're spending a lot of time on this random character I can't imagine is ever going to appear again. <laughs> Yeah, it almost, it, without that context, you're right. It does seem like she's just, uh, uh, well, she's as Tony treats her in just about every scene for the first two acts, which is eye candy, um, because they yeah. put her in lots of skirts and just sort of shoot her from a low camera angle for most of the film, just being honest. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's entirely uncertain what her purpose is. And it's so weird, because I'll never be able to get the experience of someone being in the theater like, oh, she's like a spy cool i mean i was yeah. just like <laughs> i knew right away what was going on um i can also see that apparently you know i was we were talking about this just before the episode this movie is um i wouldn't say it's poorly reviewed but it is it is treated it's oddly not arm. liked it, it like yeah. I, i've heard i've had people actually tell me that they think it's um like on the level of like the Thor, the first two Thor movies, and I'm like, what? Like, no, it's it's not a bad movie at all. But for some reason, people don't like it. It's very odd. Well, there's a couple things that are kind of new happening here. Um, I, 
had Lisa before, but uh, the big thing is that they're really going hard for the MCU. And from what I what I read, John Favreau didn't really want to do that. And I can understand as a director why you would not want to. You're trying to make a singular property and entity that that you want to make, and then they're like, "Oh no, you have to have these set scenes in it." <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I could see why you'd be agitated. I could see. Uh, I don't know if he ever truly bad mouthed it, but he did sort of talk about it with some anxiety and angst. So I think that led to the inception of the idea that it was a crappy movie. Cause you know, when the director's like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. When you hear any sort of like people being like, eh, it's never like a good sign. Yeah. But having watched it completely cleanly, yeah, I was a, I was a pretty big fan. Um, so getting into it from the start, let's go ahead and talk. Uh, the opener gives us, uh, the villain straight up. Like, I think we open on the villain, don't we? We cold open on, like, Vanko dying. Yeah, uh, we, yeah we, we open on basically the press conference from the first Iron Man movie where Tony Stark yeah. says, I'm Iron Man. And as you're watching this, you're introduced to the villain, uh, Ivan. Ivan Vanko, who's his... the son. Yeah, I don't of... know what his dad's name is. Yeah, I actually. Something with an A. Too. Yeah. Um, which is weird because, like, later on you get the full understanding that the father, the uh, the Papa Vanko, uh, as we'll call him, is uh, a former a former you know uh, a, 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 co- a former peer of Howard Stark, Tony's father, um, and then was dismissed. Whether it was legit or illegitimate is sort of unclear, but he was dismissed and sent to Russia, and then sent to like fucking Siberia, where he basically died drinking vodka. Um, that's all information that we don't get. Like, from this cold open, we just see, you know, uh, Mickey Rourke, or I wish it was Mickey Rooney. Um, oh, this would have been so... I, I think it would have been a more beloved movie. Watching his watching a, his dad die, and then being like, fuck Tony. And I'm just... <laughs> you know, from that context, it's a little confusing. I well, mean, here's that... the thing that I found confusing while watching this. Sure. Uh... He, his dad, he, they're there, and his dad's upset, and his dad dies. They're living, like, in squalor in Siberia. Then it appears in the next, like, month to three months, he builds basically his own version of the arc reactor. Why didn't yeah. he build it before his dad died? Like, what? He, he had the plans. It's not like, it's like he, like, it's not like they set up, like, his dad died, and he comes, and they're like, you know, we're sorry your father died, you missed the funeral or whatever. And they're like, here's his possessions. And he finds the thing and he's like, oh, I'm going to get even with Stark. It's like he had it the whole time. He was just like, eh, I'm just going to hang out with my dad till he dies. <laughs> like, maybe you yeah. built it earlier, sold it, and gotten your dad some goddamn penicillin. I think he could have lived. And it's clear that he's smart. But I, it's, it's this weird thing. Movies have a very bad idea of what being smart means because to them it means that you're a scientist a mechanical engineer and a computer hacker also you appear to be invulnerable to like all forms of physical he's like super strong he resists like all sorts of uh like all sorts of by a car repeatedly like four times yeah he's like fine not even like slightly wounded or it's very jarring and I complained about this because I need movies to set rules. And when this character is just all the things, it's... If, if he's going to be all the things, he's got to be like Lex Luthor, you know? 
Yeah, uh, it, it's like odd because too, what you find out over the course is, is you're like, all right, he's really smart, but then it turns out his dad was really smart, and I guess somehow he became like a physicist too, which seems like an odd thing for a person whose father is a disgraced Russian spy odd. to have been able because, to go to college. Yeah, his yeah exactly. His father's a disgraced, so he was he sent to like the far corners of the continent. So presumably he got some sort of MIT level scientific degree. Uh, and and then like went to prison where he became a tough man. He yeah he he becomes a nuclear physicist. Which you're just like, all right, if he's a nuclear physicist, why didn't he just get his do- is a job somewhere and get his dad out of Russia? But they don't explain that. But he sells uh, weapons grade plutonium to terrorists and gets caught and is put into a Russian prison. So it's like you know you got to have fucked up to have been put into prison during the. Like, by selling uh, plutonium during the fall of the Soviet Union, because nobody gave a shit. No, yeah, I mean, you could buy that shit at a corner store, but he's... Yeah, and and again, they establish him as, like, a computer hacker, which I I read in some, like, little blurb when I was looking up background on the movie that (laughs) Mickey Rourke said the hardest thing for him um, was that he's not tech literate. He's very, like, grandpa around tech, so he had a hard time... Like, there's not a lot of shots of him at a computer... Because <laughs> he couldn't figure out how to type. Because he's, he he had, he said he had a hard time making it look natural. That said, he said he went to Russian prisons to research sort of the mannerisms and the what kind of tattoos they would probably have because it's a whole like pretty like notable like uh, Russian prison culture that he wanted. Yeah, to yeah. Learn. And his Russian, I think he tried to work on having a good Russian with a good accent that was believable. So he did like his legwork for this, which is weird because his character just is written very very thin um which i think is my biggest complaint with the movie and i think was apparently a lot of people's biggest complaint with the movie is that sam rockwell is delightful but his character seems i don't know pointless and that's my that's probably like my favorite part of the movie i, I think sam rockwell is like just destroying it he's, oh yeah, he's, he's so he's... funny he plays like the the justin hammer who's like sort of was in the comics is like basically a dude who's like a is like the version of bad Tony stark's dad yeah, but he's he's Salieri. He's he's the uh, you know he's the the second the second uh, string to to Tony, and he's always desperate to to, to uh, achieve over him. Uh, it's a great dynamic they set up. But his character, yeah, just he's I think he's just there for fun lines. Like I don't really know what his deal is. Yeah, he's sort of just doing the villain from the first movies thing, where he's like, I'm gonna take Tony's thing and. Although I found him much more. more enjoyable because at least he's, like, funny and kind of, like, yeah, shitty. Yeah, that's fair. The thing that I, I did find, like, in rewatching this movie is, I'm like, so much of the movie is kind of pointless. There's this subplot with the, the arc reactor killing Tony, which really doesn't need to be there because it really has nothing to do with the... Like, it's not like... Yeah, uh, as we discussed... It's the, not like Whiplash creates a, a new thing that would let him live. And he's like, oh my god, I have to get it, or something like that. Tony just solves his own problem. And you're just like, well, this none of these scenes needed to be in here. You just needed a reason for why he was acting out. And it's like, he kind of acts out through the entire first movie. So it could have just been like, you could have just said, oh, he's not dealing well with being a hero. Or something. You know what yeah. I mean? There's really no reason to create this, like, arbitrary, he's going to die. Because he doesn't really do anything that seems that out of character for him. The only thing that seems super out of character for him is the birthday scene. That's, like, the only part that seems weird. But, like, him driving the race car, I'm like, I don't think that would be... That seems like something he would have done if he was perfectly healthy. It's very Tony. 
Plus, I think giving up his company also kind of not Tony. Um, but that's definitely only like a, a sort of a symptom or, or, or a result of his his perceived uh, forthcoming death. But I think this is also trying to capitalize on, I mean, a lot of the MCU early is built on the Ultimates, which, which we've brought up before. And in the Ultimates, I'm pretty sure, uh, or at least in, in, in comics around that time, if I'm wrong, um, there was a pretty serious plotline about Tony having cancer and trying to do everything he could before he died. Um, they probably wanted to do that as a foil for him and then didn't want to do, you know, cancer, cancer, because it's a bummer. So yeah, it's also like one of those things where you, I, I don't think you can put in a movie, like, it, for some reason, comics, they don't really come under that microscope. But in a movie, if you're like, he has cancer and he cured it, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, that that, yeah. that would be so much more monumental in real life. Like, you'd be like, oh, he's going to let, he's going to cure everybody else up with it too, right? Like, yeah. it just wouldn't, too... it's just not something good you want to put in a movie like this. Yeah, it's not, it's not a fun escapism if he cures a cancer, a, a thing that, that, kills that, real people and that, su- yeah. that, that causes suffering global globally yeah i know so they make up like you know fake cancer kind of like the x-men invented the uh, legacy virus it's just mm-hmm. like a, it's like a fun disease that you can't get mad at because it's not real um but as we talked about as far as we understand the little engine in his heart the little engine that a little, little engine that could little, 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 little flashy light he puts in his, his like chest hole that thing's purpose is uh, keeping metal out of his heart. So yes. I don't know why he keeps being like, I got to make this 10 times more nuclear to well, the point where it kills me. <laughs> we were also talking, yeah, the weird thing is, is at the end of the third movie, he has it removed. So it's like, wait, if you could have just had it removed, there's no there's no threat here. Just have the thing removed and then put and, the and, reactor core in the Iron Man suit like you eventually come up with. So it's, it's very confusing because they never explain... A reason why they're just like, can he just have a surgery to pull that metal out of his chest now that he's back in like, yeah, you know, I mean, I get they, he could do it in the cave. I understand that. I just, yeah, and maybe they're like, oh, well, he has to have at least one of the arc reactors to keep his heart going. It doesn't have to be super nuclear, but it's made of metal and the housing's made of metal. I'm like, well, I mean, people have artificial hearts, you know, they exist. Yeah. Yeah, it's, they're not made of like cold steel, I guess, but they exist. I mean, you can do this. Like, I don't know why he's like, oh, I'm gonna die because I the metal I use, and there's no there's no metal I can make unless I can make a new one. <laughs> yeah, cool. and and then like that's like really weird because it's like he created a new element, and I'm like, I was like, I guess you can create elements, right? Is that a thing? And I was like, I don't really know enough about I science. I think so, but, but I was like, I'm well, sure, I'm positive you don't create them by just shooting a laser at a prism and then shooting it at a little ring i'm like that can't be how you would make like an element it was pretty easy for him and i I also if he had been struggling to create maybe his father had because here's the problem here they really bungled this part because if the thing was his father had invented a new metal and he was trying to create it off of like the vague instructions of his father cool which is sort of what happens except Mm -hmm. his father puts the diagram to a fake an element that hasn't been made into the layout for his cool world of tomorrow park i don't mm. well what like i i like the idea but this is like one of the things that is kind of odd is they sort of set up that tony doesn't like his dad yeah and you're like all right his dad doesn't seem like he was real loving and they kind of set up that his dad has a lot of the problems that Tony had in the first movie, which is like, he's an alcoholic and he, you know, when they do the Captain America movie, they kind of point out that he's like, sort of like a playboy and all this stuff. And you're like, all right, I get it. 
But this is, like, really weird because, like, he's like, oh, I don't like my dad. My dad never loved me. But then his dad has, like, this thing where he's like, you were my greatest invention. It's like, why wouldn't you have just told your son that? Like, it's really, they never explain why him and his dad didn't ever, like, there doesn't seem to be any reason why him and his dad couldn't have had a good relationship. He was always a super smart, too. So I don't understand, you know what I mean? It just seems like such an odd thing. And then they do seem to intentionally keep it vague just because it's, that's easier writing, you know? If you just pretend that the relationship was fraught, but you never actually attempt to explore it, it's just easy. Yeah, and I guess the thing that I, I thought was like, you know, I like the idea that it's, um, that he's like, you know, oh, I couldn't build this thing that would make the arc reactor the, the, the like, the actual energy source I want it to be. Something that could be shrunk down and made is, you know, you need this element to go in the core or whatever. Which doesn't even make sense because you could apparently just use the one that broke. But anyways, I, I like the idea that he's like, my, the technology is only so good. I can't invent more. To, like, I'll never be able to invent enough technology to make what I need to make. I, you know, like, I'm only one person. I was like, that's a cool idea. What's an odd idea is, why the fuck would he hide the design in the layout? Like, nobody can make the element. It doesn't appear to be a bad element. You know I mean, it's not like it's like nuclear fission or something like where you're like, oh my God, this got in the wrong hands. It appears yeah, to what? just be literally like a, a power source. So who cares? Like, it's so weird that he hit it. Like, couldn't you just give his kid a piece of paper and been like, hey, when you get older, you're going to be able to make this fucking element. And it's going to be balls to the wall. It's going to be so cool. You're going to be able to use that arc reactor. It also seems like he has to like, like break it down into blueprints through this special computer, which wouldn't have existed. I don't know. It just... It, it seems it seems too national treasure for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's like no... Uh, this is another point where I was just like, why did he have to hide it? And like, he's really taking a chance that like, what if they threw the model away? Or like, what well, if Tony just never bought... Like, if this was such a game changer and it was going to alter the world and it was going to cause like, you know, like all sorts of great benefits, why would he have hidden it from his son instead of just being like, here's this element, I can't make it. More importantly... <laughs> the the model doesn't fucking matter right like it exists like the the world of tomorrow park is where his expo is being held well they rebuilt it i think i don't think it's supposed to be the same park maybe yeah maybe it's it's too different that they couldn't use it as an element blueprint i don't fucking know but let's let's get into a few other things here so um you know we don't have to go blow by blow obviously because we're that's not what we do, but 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 um the expo is like this sort of expo grounds and the expo itself is supposed i guess supposed to be like a hinging element but i don't it i don't get it someone says it goes on for like a year and apparently it's like a you know uh uh what is it called the 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 the, like the electronics expo we have here uh i guess would be the closest comparison i don't know what this thing is it's supposed to i mean it's what it's supposed to be is the world's fair right i I guess it's supposed to be like a modern equivalent of the world's fair yeah uh it just seems, yeah, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense in that context. But they say that goes on for a long time. And we, we start at it, then we forget it exists, and then we come back to it for the end. Um, it just, which is just odd. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't mind the expo part so much as just like, all right, that's, yeah, I get it. That's cool. Uh, but, like, there are certain parts that are still just very confusing uh, about, like, uh, I don't know. The expo is like this kind of interesting setting at the end, but then like the most bizarre thing happens, which is 
We're, I'm just going to skip to the end. So they're at the expo. Um, or, you know, maybe we should go back and talk about some other stuff before we get to the expo. Well, right, well something we're talking about is the, um, is the, the press conference, uh, the, the uh, congressional the congressional um yes like uh, tony's on trial like he's fucking michael corleone in godfather 2 that and the monaco sequence are the only two that i had any recollection of because i think they're heavily featured in the trailer Mm -hmm. um but i was a big fan Mm -hmm. of the courtroom sequence like there's just a it's kind of classic stark on display where he's yeah yeah a complete disdain for yeah, but uh, he's, he's charming. Yeah, like, even while being a dick. Say something rude, but it's also funny, and so everyone laughs. But I'm also like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like if I saw that on TV, I would also be amused. But um, <laughs> the politic and it felt really pertinent because the politicians are trying to sort of comment on his high tech and like convince and, and sort of convince the viewing nation that it, it belongs to the U.S. government, but they have a, him and Hammer have a fail, fading grasp <laughs> on, on the whole thing, um, which felt yeah. very familiar because we just saw the Google CEO uh, well, subpoena. That, that one, I don't know if you guys saw that. That was not a good moment for us as a country. Just, just Republican mm-hmm. congressman being like, my, my daughter was using her phone app, and I saw an ad that said I'm a jerk, so explain that why'd you send that to her <laughs> well, well the best is not only in, the, in that situation was he like why did she see it but it was an iphone and the guy was like yeah. uh we don't we don't make iPhones." <laughs> that's what it felt like uh, it, with it gary, was just a, it was just a starting rem- yeah it was just like a reminder to be like oh no we put a lot of people in power who don't know how what the internet is <laughs> but this gary is- shanling it really just made me bum because he was so good in this and they really waste him, I think, in Winter Soldier by making him part of the Hydra conspiracy. I didn't like that. I, I like him as sort of this, you know, just stereotype of a politician. You know, real dumb, real sleazy, you know, kind of an asshole. And he has, like, the best, the ending line he has in this movie. Yeah. Is, That's perfect. And the way he phenomenal. delivers it. Um, but we we also get this big sequence. But the other thing that, that I felt um, feels... The, the real world thing that feels tough in hindsight with our current climate yeah. um, is that is, is it a fucking, lot of things is, feel worse now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, is that Elon Musk is uh, yes. in this? I forgot all about that when I was watching. I was like, "What the fuck sure. is that?" Actually, Elon Musk. And I was like, "Was sure he famous is. then?" I think he was at least notable enough that it would make I, sense yeah. for him to be in here. And he, he he's previously stated it, and it's probably why he got pulled into this movie that he takes a lot of inspiration from Iron Man, which is just like. Which I can see. He's definitely um, sort of a Tony Stark guy. Except for sure. with, like, less yeah, an altruistic in, bit. In, in a lot of the ways, in that he likes to uh, half-bake inventions and yeah. not do a lot to help people. <laughs> yeah, he's like Tony Stark pre-the cave thing. We need to throw Elon Musk in a cave, and I feel like the world's gonna... I mean, he does some, like, cool stuff, you know, like that battery in Australia. But he's also, like, not real great to his employees at Tesla. So it's like a real toss-up. Yeah, yeah, it's a real, it's a real... It's he also real, thinks we live yeah. in a computer simulation, so I'm a little worried about giving a man who thinks reality is fake any sort of power. <laughs> just feel like we're opening ourselves up to a real, uh, you know, like, extinction-level event that he thinks is just gonna be like, we're gonna reset the Matrix. 
But the other early sequence we get that, again, is notable is this Monaco sequence in which, like you said, Tony's at Monaco, which is also weird because it we're shown that, um, that Ivan, I assume, pays a ton of money that he gets from somewhere um, to get a fake passport mm-hmm. and fly to Monaco and mm-hmm. attend the Grand Prix and have a disguise, which, again, done. I feel like the disguise is not hard. And he I guess killed a dude, and that's how he got into yeah. the Grand Prix. But it is odd how he got all the way from another continent. Yeah, and, like, and, more, impor- and more importantly, that he, he gets from another continent. You know, I he, guess it's he, technically the same land, man. But you get what I'm saying. But he doesn't go to America. He doesn't go to, like, Tony's house. He goes to Monaco because he seems to know that Tony will be there. I mean, pretty good guess, I suppose but well i guess also, he i guess he sees i think he sees on the news tony says that he's gonna be there for the race he and it's like at an event but like what's really bizarre is his plan seems to always be to walk out on the race course yeah but like, what like if right tony hadn't decided to drive yeah it seems odd i i guess if tony hadn't he would have like walked. i guess just destroyed the race and hoped iron man showed up he just, yeah, he just, yeah, because he was ready in the mechanics outfit, so he was ready to be by the track where Tony was, I guess, maybe going to be to wish his racer good luck. Or, I don't know. But um, Tony engages in the Monaco race, uh, and we have this scene that I think everyone remembers, I think, from the trailer. It was, like, pretty much what the whole trailer was focused on was him, like, cutting this Grand Prix car in half, which was admittedly pretty cool. Um Tony uh, totally should have died. I mean, he landed on his Oh, everybody <laughs> in... This movie is full of, like, one, uh, tons of people who should have been killed instantly. Two, uh, a civilian death toll, which had to be in, like, oh, the yeah. high thousands. Like, the That's tens the, of thousands. The final battle is just just repeat murder of... Yeah, it should have just been called, let's kill, let's kill civilians. Um, but... You know, uh, uh, Pepper Potts and, and Happy uh, get into their, their Rolls Royce or whatever and charge on the track. And they, you know, like as we discussed earlier, ram this car into his torso repeatedly. Yeah, he drive, um, he hits him probably at like 20, 25 miles per hour, which is enough to kill a person. Like, you for know, sure. You know, if for you're not sure. in a car, being hit by a car is bad. Pins him up against a wall. He gets up and starts attacking. He backs up and hits him against. Like, he would be paralyzed. Or all yeah. of his the, the his pelvis would shatter or something like you cannot take that. Here's my confusion. I, I I really try to avoid this type of criticism where I say, well, if I were in the Iron Man suit, I would have done things differently because it's always dumb because they're all fictional and it's stupid. But that being said, Tony, this man, <laughs> this guy, who could as as you don't know who he is yet, could just ostensibly be called Whip Guy has one feature to his whole thing. It's whips, which are notoriously short. And yeah, you... which, have a, which have a very limited effective range. It's like if you bumped into a baseball guy. What you do is you get a baseball bat's length away from him. Congratulations, you've defeated baseball guy. <laughs> what yeah, is it, wrong it is with you, It is very weird. That, I, I guess it's supposed to be that he gets beat, but then it's also odd that because, like, as these movies go on, he just, like, straight up kills people all the time. Like, he kills so many people in the first movie. Why wouldn't yeah. he just shoot this guy and kill him? But I, instead, he, like, knocks him unconscious. He's like, boom. Not to mention that, and this happens later, and happens in everywhere, we know he's got all these sort of, like, tactical missiles in his shoulders. Yeah. He's got tasers. He's got all kinds of cool gadgets. 
and he goes, he, he fires the blast at the guy, one of his repulsor blasts, which the guy, I suppose, deflects, which, by the way, Whip's not super good at deflecting. Um, but he deflects the, like, four of these things, and I'm like, Tony, do, like, hit a different fucking button, my man. <laughs> or shoot, I don't know. Or shoot two lasers at once. Because he, pro- he probably can't block him. both of them. Because he's 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 got the fucking Alabama armor on. He's got no shirt, no sleeves. Just bash him into a. I mean, just I know the, again, the wife I'm, beater of body armors. It only covers like yeah. just his back. It's such a weird outfit. I know I'm, I'm talking about two fictional characters with two fictional power sets, so thus is pointless conversation. But Tony, literally, there, there was only one thing you could do that would fail this fight, which is stand two inches away and fire the only thing you can block, and then be like, ah, oh, damn, I can't beat this guy. And I say that only because. You know, these movies make characters seem cool. When you watch a character do what you know they can do, and the opponent is able to have an answer for all of those things. Like, you know, when Batman comes cartwheeling into a room and the opponent can deflect the Batarang and, like, take him in hand-to-hand combat and know he's going to try to escape and, like, cut his rope or whatever. Like, that stuff is exciting. You want to be like, oh, wow, he's got an answer for everything. When, you're, when both opponents just do all the stupid things... It's not fun, and stakes don't exist. Like, when the when the villain just walks into a racetrack, which I guess he's confident about because of his stupid whip, but it would be extremely easy for a car to still hit him. Well, I yeah, his whole... Or debris to hit him, or yeah, anything. His whole, like, I guess, God. the only thing that makes his plan better is, is he points out that he never... He didn't think he was going to win. Like, he didn't think he was going to kill Iron Man in that opening thing. He shows right. up because he knows by showing up with similar Iron Man tech and a, like being able to cause serious damage to Iron Man, he's going to ruin Tony Stark's life because the company's going to fold, the government's going to come after him, other people are going to come after him. And I'm like, okay, that's that's kind of interesting. Except for a lot of his lines about what he's done were delivered in the worst Russian accent ever. Yeah. The only Russian accent I can think of that's worse is um, John Malkovich in Rounders. Uh, if you've ever it's seen the that, one. oh, yeah. it's real bad. Uh, but he that man his money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> spot on. Um, he like one point he's like uh, he talks about like if you can show like that God can bleed, he's like then chucks come in water. It's like what are you like doing like a bad the Natasha from Boris uh, from Bullwinkle? Like his accent makes no sense. But that whole part, I'm like, all right, I kind of get it. And I understand that. But the thing that is, like, so weird is... I It's like, I don't know, there's just, like... It doesn't make any sense that Tony would not kill him. I guess unless he wanted to talk to him about his tech. But, I don't know, it's just sort of like an odd thing. And then what's kind of a bummer is... Is you're like, alright, it's cool, he's got these whips. You know, Whiplash is kind of a dumb character in the comics. Yeah. He's real dumb. And he's not really a threat to Iron Man. And they kind of create, like, a cool way in which they're like... Oh, he's able to, like, you know run through this like metal coil the power from an arc reactor so it can cut through anything you're like oh that's kind of cool that's an interesting thing he shows back up at the end of the movie and is killed in like a minute and a half and it's like oh so you made this kind of interesting cool character and then he just disappears immediately and does not come back till the end of the movie and you're just like yeah so i wish they had like I feel like he would have been more interesting and better had he been like a rec- like a villain who just showed back up like way before the end of the film, or they yeah, had done something different. That final fight scene with him is shockingly it's, short. It, it's incredibly short. For the most of the movie, they relegate him to a computer hacker, which doesn't seem to fit Mickey Rourke. It, 
like we mentioned yeah. at the beginning, it doesn't make a ton of sense because, you know, um, I guess Tony Stark's also does this too, where it's like, uh, I am also a hacker. Uh, but I, I don't quite understand those, like, like science and computer hacking don't line up. They aren't even in the same ballpark, my man. Like, they are very, very, very well, here, different. Here's a question I have to ask you about Mickey Rourke. Sure, yeah. Do you think those were his real fingernails? Or do you think they no. put prosthetics over his fingernails? Uh, let's go with prosthetics for the sake of Like, just hoping... I, otherwise, like, if those are his real fingernails, I hope someone on set was like, hey, you need hey, to post. see a doctor. Fuck it. They're so gross. They're like, they look like dinosaur toes. Hey, Pokes. Yeah. Why is Kate Mara in this movie? I forgot she was in this, too. I saw it, and I was like, <laughs> is I was she like, in another shit. one? She's in the really bad uh, new Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, but. The most recent one. No, she never appears again in any of the Marvel movies. This isn't like a. This was like before she was like famous. Okay, no. fair. This, this was sort of before she was famous. Does John Slattery ever come back as Howard Stark? I don't think he does. I think uh, yes, he plays, he plays, I'm pretty sure he plays Howard Stark in the opening to uh, Civil, Civil War. War. Civil War? Okay, that's fine. I'm that's pretty sure, fine. and I think, he's, I think he's Howard Stark in the car. Uh, what I think is kind of awkward is, so they show Howard Stark as like a 45, 50-year-old man, would you say, in that video? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We see him as like a... 28 30 year old man in captain america uh, first avenger they yeah. didn't even bother to pick a guy who looked even remotely like that. i'm like couldn't you have found an actor who had like was the same height was kind of rail thin and tall kind of had like an oval head like his character he looks nothing the same and they don't act remotely similar and i was like this was kind of a weird kind of mistake to be like he's like real charming and sort of like he's very much uh tony stark but in like the 40s but then you see him in like the 60s or 70s and he's just a real stick in the mud you know what i mean like he's not funny he's not interesting it's just really weird yeah they describe him like a tony stark type but he doesn't seem that way um in any of the pieces of like background we get on him so something i want to talk about that's pretty huge in this movie um is the shield presence so shield is pretty heavily established which is a huge like foundational chunk they're putting down for the um, the, the the forthcoming uh, Marvel movies, um, including you know identifying who Scarlet uh, or the, the who Natasha Romanoff is and mm-hmm. ident- identifying who uh, uh, you know uh, cementing Coulson and bringing Nick Fury in because Nick Fury is how established is he at this point? And he's definitely in some of like the uh, post-credit he had, material. He had not appeared, he'd only appeared in one other movie, which was the first Iron Man movie where he appears in, at the end and is like talking about the Avenger initiative. Right, right. So th- they're doing some serious groundwork for him, um, which is important. I don't, I thought that I was going to find it, I don't know, hackneyed. And there are some lines like they keep talking about, oh, there's someone out there in the, in New Mexico. I, I, um, he's been a, thorn in my side and they just keep like like they keep dropping as many like conversation points as they can being like wink we got more movies um yeah this is definitely like sort of an awkward setup time they're not ready to do this quite well yet um but in general i i just enjoy it i mean like you get nick fury you get that really like really good scene where him and him and uh uh uh, tony are sitting in his like ruined kitchen like just like having a beer 
and like just having a frank talk about what's going on and then like tony's really off kilter because nick fury is a great character that whenever he enters a scene he knows 10 times more than anyone else there um especially when you take it a context that with captain marvel coming out now that tony you know or, or that nick fury like went to space and shit <laughs> like, yeah <you> know? <laughs> He so he's he has seen so much shit by this point in the MCU timeline that he is just like he's got no time for Tony and so it's so funny to watch the protagonist be sort of like relegated to like a side character in what is Nick Fury's movie just passing through. You know? Yeah, yeah. I do like too that he's basically just like when he gives him the stuff, he's like, "All right, I gotta go," and he's like, "Wait, where are you going?" He's like, "Gotta go," and he just like leaves. And you're just like, "That's weird." That's uh, but it it does like when you sort of think about now the the timeline they've set up where he's just like. Yeah, whatever. This isn't even remotely the weirdest shit I've seen. So, the rest of, like, my notes all kind of fall... They kind of dry out here because as we get into Act 2, which is where Tony thinks he's going to die, he's giving everything up he owns, he's sort of trying to solve this vague mystery about the metal and his dad, and we keep... We spend a lot of time with Ivan being cranky about his bird and wanting to build robots which are also drones and then build his own suit which apparently he has time for um and that's all we get like there's no sequences of combat or it's not I don't yeah think, there, like, there is more of a lull in the middle and i realize there's like more comedy beats uh, and it's not that it's not that i'm like some 12 year old who needs action pumped into my veins at every given moment but i need like i don't know tension or stakes and we don't i mean tony's dying which i guess is, is really the only stake but you know yeah. he's not gonna die like there's no right. yeah it's not real and you know he's not really gonna lose anyone i don't know there's, just, there's nothing giving me energy to like get through this stretch because this is a two-hour flick i mean it's 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 sizable um by mc by now see uh, i find the justin hammer stuff is more than enough his his interaction with uh ivan uh his um his interactions with Rhodey when he comes to try to upgrade the... Yeah. I mean, they're really dumb. They're not, like, great bits, but I find him, like, I just really like Sam Rockwell in that role. I think he does a good job well, of, like, playing, like, this, like, a very sleazy version of Tony Stark, like... Well, you know that I'm a Rockwell head. I'm, I'm a... I'm a Rockwellian? I'm a... Uh, no, I'm, I'm part of the... I'm part of the Sam's Club, and I... Uh... <laughs> I hate you. I... <laughs> I love him. In, I love him in everything. So I, yeah, he was, and he's fantastic. He has some really good lines. Like at one point, uh, Ivan Vanko says, "I want my bird," and he's not really getting it. And at some point, he's just kind of almost to somebody off screen. He's like, "Like, like from Russia?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's such. So he's like, he's like, "This is a bird from Russia." <laughs> There's a great when he goes in and he finds out that he's taken all the suits that he's manufactured and he's put in like drone heads so that they can be controlled remotely. And he like pulls it out, and he's like, "This isn't a helmet." And he gives it to that guy. He's like, "Try to put yeah. that on." Try to, and he like makes the guy try to put it on his head. <laughs> I love that bit, and the guy's just like so game to do it. It's just it made me, it makes me laugh so hard. Like oh, he Lord. just has this yes man who follows him around everywhere. An interesting plot line with him is that um, when the drones go crazy at the finale of the movie, um, and which by the way, I, I'll get this in a minute. But um, when the drones go crazy, Sam. Uh, 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 Justin Hammer uh, is, is you know, he's backstage trying to fix it, and eventually uh, Pepper comes over and uh, 
and other people come over and he's like you know they call the authorities or whatever and he you know at first he's the one to play ball but then natasha slams him at the desk and he confesses about ivan and he tells him where the facility's located but then he doesn't like tell his guards like chill <laughs> like he just he says yeah you can go there yeah, but my guards is... will my guards will fuck you up <laughs> but they're real dumb guards also like nice job guards nobody noticed this dude was building a death robot i, yeah, I feel like you guys should have been watching bad. him a little i know two of the guys were killed in the room with him which is fine yeah but were there other guys like checking on them you have one prisoner and the, apparently there are 40 of you like i don't know have a patrol radio in from time to time this yeah it's don't. so like you just check up on him you, you're just leaving him alone with all these weapons and stuff never figure out if uh he's actually doing right. what you were paying him for yeah it's it seems it seems a bit too convenient but um let's talk about the finale let's talk about the third act right okay. so do you want to talk before we get to the third act you want to talk about when Rhodes steals the suit or do we just want to stick like skip the kind of cheesy birthday party thing um yeah, let's talk about the birthday party. It's interesting. Like you said, I don't know if you said it before or after we started recording, but it is one of the few moments where Tony does seem like he's acting out of character. Yeah, it's like, it doesn't even seem like something, like, because he, he says something to Romanoff when she's still in a cover, and he's like, what if you thought it was your last birthday? And she said, I'd do whatever I want with whoever I want. And it's like, oh, okay. So what he wants to do is get drunk in the iron man suit with a bunch of random people like shouldn't it have been like he goes and tells pepper that he's in love with her or something like i mean it's just so weird that it's like oh this isn't what he would want to do like this isn't this doesn't seem like anything he would be interested in i don't know it does seem like a reckless tony thing but it seems like a really lost tony because he's always in control when he's being um reckless yeah like the things he's doing are like while wreck like driving that car that's dangerous but you're not like that's insane that he would do it. You're like, nah, he's like a thrill seeker. He was like that in the first movie too, before he became Iron Man. You know, so it's uh, like I, I don't, I don't find that unbelievable. But he's drunk and dangerous, and he's doing uh, two things I wouldn't recommend. Well, a couple things I wouldn't recommend in a row. Um, one, uh, apparently only invite like twelve boring people to your party. That's weird. And some of um, them appear to be like uh, girls from Spring Break. Like some of yeah. those women in the crowd. I'm like, how the fuck would they know Tony Stark? Like, they just yeah. seem like extras from the Jersey Shore. I'm like, I don't understand. Then he starts having them throw bottles in the air that he's blasting. By the way, everyone is barefoot. Super not cool. Also, here's uh, the thing. I don't think a, a bottle of champagne stops a laser. Like, his lasers can go through tanks. I'm pretty sure that laser's going to keep going. And he's pointed towards a balcony. Yeah, super not smart. A lot of dangerous here. I thought he was going to kill somebody. I really I really did. Um, and then, yeah, Rhodes eventually gets into War Machine, which, honestly, I... I don't know, I kind of liked, because the only other way that, like, Rose gets War Machine armor and becomes War Machine is that Tony's like, hey man, it's gonna get rough out there, I got you something, check this out. Like, it, Yeah, yeah. That, that would be very lame. It's kind of fun that he's like, well, my friend is drunk and falling apart and is a danger to himself and everyone else, so I guess the only thing I can do is steal his other armor and beat him senseless. It's kind of a way more interesting route than what was obvious. Yeah, yeah. the thing that gets me, though, uh, is, is something that happens after the scene. So they, they, like, fight each other, and they set up that if, you know, they cross the streams like it's fucking Ghostbusters, uh, <laughs> that they're, if they shoot lasers at each other, it causes this massive explosion. And Rhodes leaves... And, uh, 
you know, at, at first I wrote down, I was like, he seriously couldn't just deactivate the suit? Because I forgot what happened in the movie. And then uh, Nick Fury says to him, he's like, you're telling me you don't have a way to stop somebody from stealing one of your suits? And I was like, all right, cool, he's got me. But the thing that got me is there's the scene where the hammer comes to weaponize the war machine. They're like, we're going to bring hammer down to weaponize this. It's like, um, it, it's, al- it's already a weapon. Like, did, yeah, you guys, um... did you guys forget the opening of the movie where Tony is on trial for owning the Iron Man suit, which they keep saying is a weapon? Why do you need to add a 9mm pistol to it? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it could shoot, like, plasma butt beams at people. I don't think you need to add anything else. Yeah, I think the... They should have perhaps built it to where like t- it was a prototype and thus didn't have a weapon system on it yet. Yeah, and they, th- one of the other things that gets me with the, the whole War Machine suit is they set up that the way it is now in, in the movie is the arc reactor in his chest is what powers the Iron Man suit. So what is powering the War Machine suit? He built yeah. one with a reactor inside of it, at which point, again, I'm thinking... Take the fucking thing out of your chest! Like, just go have a surgery, man! Why do you keep leaving it in there? It's very weird. That's the one thing that got me was, this time watching it, I always thought that plot line was, like, really dumb, and when he makes the element and for some reason doesn't have the laser pointing the direction he wants and whatever, I was always like, that's really dumb, but in rewatching it, I'm like, wait, in in lieu of seeing the, the third movie, this plot line is completely pointless. It, it doesn't need to be in here. He could have at any point in time been like, I'll just take this out and put it just in the armor. Problem yeah. solved. And so it's very weird that he's just opting to die. And I think that's I think you could sum up pretty much all of our criticism so far into the fact that the the logic it this movie's little world that it makes doesn't have any rules or any sort of logic, which means that the scenes can be independently cool, but there isn't a cohesiveness yeah. between them. There isn't like um, I think there is yeah. there is no character development because when there's the character is just sort of operating in a vacuum where nothing matters, then that there's no furnace there, that there's no change. You can't you can't uh, turn someone into something else. They just sort of like drive a race car and uh, get whipped by a whip guy, and you're just like, okay, well, I, I saw it and it was interesting, but it didn't it didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I think you just said something I didn't think about, but I I think you're right. I think the problem with this movie that maybe is a valid criticism of the movie is it feels like it's seven different storylines put together that don't connect and are sort of just setups for nothing. But like other things that do this, I mean, I can think of other movies that are similar to this, the independent things I mostly like. So it's kind of weird. Because mm-hmm. it's not like at any point while watching this, I was like, fuck me, I want to die. Which is how I feel watching some of the movies we do. Most of the movies we do. Yeah, unfortunately but, too many of the movies do. I had, I had a perfectly good time look, watching it. But yeah, just in retrospect, like I have to be like, ugh, it just, some of it just seems like it's being juggled around. Um, so with that said, I, a couple of things I did like here in the third act that I wanted to point out. One okay. is, they, without the drones... Uh, the fight would just be the exact fucking plot of of Iron Man one again. You know, yes. uh, a big rival, bad guy. Yeah, big bad guy makes a big suit. It's it's a big version of my suit, but guess what? Mine's cooler. I win. Um, but the drones I thought were kind of fun because a they led to like the catalyst for a pretty good chase sequence with tons of fucking effects. I mean, just like they must have had four or five fucking teams working on blowing up all of these cars and so much glass and so yeah. much shit. But also, it was kind of cool that they had um, 
Hammer develop a bunch of different types. Like yeah, yeah, the, I, I do like military. that. There's like uh, like an art an anti aircraft like artillery piece for the army. Uh, the navy has like these weird missile silos, and then the marines were just kind of generic. But <laughs> yeah, but I, it, it, I'd like that it, it was like you said something different. Because otherwise, most movies would you know like like Suicide Squad had oh here is the villains they're a lifeless gray blob that just runs around and dies and it's not entertaining. So it's like. I don't know, it's like Left for Dead, when you give everyone like a different sort of specialty, even if they don't really use them that impressively in the in the sequence, it is fun. I think it adds a little more spice to that fight sequence that I that I appreciated. Um I think the big fight sequence that really, you know, bookends this movie is in this sort of weird Japanese bio, garden, which is for some dome. reason set up. It's so weird. Like while watching it, I never thought about it when I saw it the first time, but they land and I'm like, wait. Why would they have built a Japanese garden at like a like a science expo? I get uh, like having a park, but it's just so specific to be like it's a biodome. It's Diva so Las weird. Biodome. It was like Diva, uh, in rewatching, I was like, biodome. what a bizarre thing to have just put in the middle of this science expo. Purple sticky punch. That's all I gotta say. Um, but uh, uh, the sequence is not bad, if not short lived. But I like that they can't. I do like this. There's good banter dialogue between them. I like that they don't have. Uh, a groove established yet they're like you know rose is behaving like a military strategist which doesn't really gel with tony's sort of like make it up as i go along fight technique so it is it is amusing to watch them sort of fumble but do well um there's also something that well two things i want to mention two pieces of dialogue that i think are worthy of mentioning one tony at one point refers to the bots as hemorrhoids which is um pretty good if, if yeah coming from a pun man just a wordplay man just, it's it's uh, not bad it's surprisingly better i did not want to give it any credit but it's actually not bad something that i would say is uh i don't know if i want to say not good but um weird is at some point and i wrote this down because it seemed like something that no one would ever say tony says drop your socks and grab your crocs we're about to get wet on this ride yeah, there's a couple of things he said that I'm like, those are not expressions or, like, anything. It's very bizarre. So, I I guess, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I mean, I guess that you would lose your socks and you would add the waterproof shoes because you're going to go on, I guess, a log flume? I guess so, yeah. Maybe that's... Wet? But that is, that's not something you say, like, cause, for instance, in... in in Independence Day, at some point, one of the pilots that works with Will Smith says, kick the tires and light the fires. You know, let's go. Um, that's a jet which has tires and, you know, engines. So there's some logical congruity to that statement. Uh, no one's getting wet, <laughs> to my yeah, knowledge. It's, I guess because they're sliding into that pond, right? And getting Crocs on and putting your socks away, I assume in some sort of amusement park locker, doesn't imply that you're cool or ready to fucking fight. It just makes you sound like you're a dad who's brought his stepkids to a water park. <laughs> like, I don't yes, it's very what bizarre. it's implying. But I liked it though, right? Because I liked it because it was stupid, and I want to yeah. have. I want to say more of those things in my real life. Like, I want to look at someone when we're about to, like, I don't know, drive to 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 to, 
to Sam's Club, just keeping that earlier reference. And I want to turn to them and say, like, you know, grab your Uggs and do some drugs. We're about to get moist in these bumper cars, you know? I got to tell you, get moist in these bumper cars. I <laughs> feel like that's a phrasing situation. All right, pleat your pants and learn to dance. It's about to get zesty in this food court. There we go. I like it. Toot the fruit and zoot the suit. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> you know what? My favorite mentions zoot suits and jaws. <laughs> Two of my real passions in life. Well, we have three shirts for you to work on, Pogue. So I, I just, I'm really lining, I'm just really lining up your. Uh, I yeah, I, I I'm still like, I, I still have notes of like. Uh, one of my favorites is I have like a piece of paper that I write down all the things we say I should turn into shir- <laughs> shirts, but a lot of them don't make sense because I don't write them down coherently. But my favorite one is, and I don't even 100% remember what the line was, but it's, if you're hard, you ain't scarred, which was something uh, uh, Mike said, but I can't remember (laughs) what we were talking about, or how I would ever write that to make it pronounced wrong. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a hard translate on a shirt. So, um, there's not much else to talk about this fight. I mean, it's a... It's a CGI comic book movie fight. I think we can all close our eyes and picture it at the same time. Um, But post-fight, there is basically what is you could basically call the Easter egg sequence (laughs) when Tony is sitting around all those shield computers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are all just going, they're all just like playing clips that might as well just say, remember this? Or, ah, ah, little elbow, little, little elbow to the ribs kind of situation. Because we got like, I think... If I counted them all, there's the Hulk fight at the university happening from the Hulk movie on on the screen. It's like yeah, a news yeah. that's playing. There's a shot of uh, like a like a globe with like things circled. There's a place in Africa, probably Black Panther reference, clear as day. There's um, I, I think it's all of them actually. I think that was all of them, but. Uh, I think there's definitely something else circled on the map, but I don't think I actually got it into my notes. But yeah, that's a and that's that's pretty fun considering that they're trying to establish that there was going to be future movies, and we know that this sort of like preview of all the heroes that are coming can be done badly, aka that weird like emailed video, the the GIF. The, like the little midis of or, like little midi gifs of superheroes with like he paid somebody to make uh, like a graphic designer to make logos for all of them yeah ah oh, it was so dumb that, that, that could not be a worse way to but too yeah. like the thing that makes that insane is that's literally how those characters are introduced this is just like background stuff for nerds to be like oh my god that's a reference to this character but they don't like show in the background like part of the captain america movie you know and you're just like oh i guess they found captain america it's definitely uh, and then this scene where they kind of bring up the uh you know they don't want him they want him as a consultant and the avengers program isn't you know they keep hinting at it it's a little heavy-handed but you know they got to set up for it and uh stark agrees to be on if he can get uh gary shanling's character who i forget what this the senator's name is to present them uh, awards that they received for uh, stopping this terrorist threat and that's where shanling delivers his great line he goes to put the pin on tony stark and he jabs it into his chest and when tony's like ow he's like mm, 
it's amazing how annoying a little prick can be. It's a great line, and he delivers it so perfect. Gary Shanley has like that kind of like great delivery, uh, you know, R.I.P. But I that that part I, I actually had to write down. That's one of my last notes. Was oh my other last note was man Whiplash is real dumb. Why didn't he put his helmet back down when he saw them go to shoot lasers at each other? And then I put thank God he put a countdown on those drones instead of just having them explode immediately. This guy's real fucking dumb. And then I put down Pepper's real annoying. Why couldn't that bomb have killed her? Pepper is interesting. Pepper because... could not be a bigger waste in this movie. Her only it's... reaction is to be annoying and whiny towards Tony. It's... I have I have a hard time with her in this. In, I have a hard time with her in general because a quick, a quick lightning round of how I feel about Pepper Potts. A, uh, I didn't have a problem with her in the first Iron Man movie at all. No, she's fine in the first Iron Man movie. In two, she seems like a different character. She is yes. panicky. She is desperate. She does not seem put together, which is fine because I guess her spouse's person she likes. I guess they're not really together yet. Uh, the person she is most attached to um, is, I guess, dying and not telling her about it. But she's, yeah, she's mostly just panicking and not doing useful things, which I can't really blame her before because she's not a superhero, but whatever. Um, three... Gwyneth Paltrow as a person is just, I don't know, I'm not a fan. So Yeah, that, that, does, that does not help either. And so I can't get past that in most of these movies, even though she's not, I don't know. I, 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 am, I, am, I am just confused and ambivalent about her, but I did find her unsuccessful in this movie as being a, a worthwhile character. Um, yeah, it just, she didn't deliver any... She didn't deliver any funny lines, which I feel like she has in the other movies. Um, yeah, I, I think they were trying to like build her up as something in this movie, but they fail because like she's really whiny and ditzy. Like when they they're on like a conference call, and she's like, "Oh my god, you were dying." It's like um, there are robots killing pedestrians at this thing. This is not a reaction a person would have, like not a sane, well-adjusted person. Yeah, and you then, want her to sort of like buckle down and like help in this situation. yeah and then like later she's like trying to tell the police how to put up a cordon it's like this makes no sense you're the ceo of a company you don't like it, the police would not one even care what you fucking would say. it's so weird that they're like that's how we're gonna show she's in control it's like yeah that's not how police situations work yeah also, i don't know why, why are police... these guys swat team members they just brought like four uniform police to a place with robot drones that have like missiles what are they gonna do it's, it's like... so weird if, like, Marissa Mayer of, like, Yahoo was at a convention that got attacked, then we'd be like, Marissa, quick, what do we do? Yeah, it's Please. just, it's so weird. And then, like, she's, like, really kind of annoying. And then at the end, she's like, they're like, you're going to come with us. And it's like, one, they would not give her the option they would take her. But two, she's like, I'm going to stay here till everybody's gone. And then just proceeds to stand on some staircases until a robot starts beeping, which, again, thank God had a two-minute timer, or she would have instantly done. Yeah, it's like such a weird like the ending really bothered me this time because I was like, oh, this is really dumb. Why did he put a timer on this? Yeah, the super smart Ivan Valko didn't think that the guy he was going to blow up can fucking fly like at light speed. I don't understand why he put yeah, flashing yeah, lights it's, on it's his like bombs. the end of the Predator movie, except for that bomb blows up way quicker. Yeah, and that dude's enough. just a guy. He there's a pretty good chance he would die. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's the end of my notes. Uh, yeah, that the like I said, the last note I just had was uh, Gary Shandling. Great line, miss him. So I, I also did have a note in 
there's a in that part where Pepper was arguing with uh, Tony Stark. I was like, wow, Marvel's really come a a long way in how it portrays like female side characters, and uh, they've definitely gotten way better at it. So that's good. Yeah, it seems it seems. Although I will say, it does seem crazier to me that uh, that Black Widow doesn't get a movie at this point because. You know, well, they're supposed are... to have been. They're supposed to be making a movie for right, her, but but I mean, this movie came out in 2010, and like they make her a pretty big character in here, and she's going to be part of the Avengers, and every single other person in the Avengers is getting their own material, and they have plenty of material for her in the Avengers. They revealed this whole school she went to and all this stuff, and this movie shows that she's like already working with Shield, and she's amazingly capable. Like I don't know, I don't know why anyone would say no to a movie with her. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it's very weird. They never did one. It's kind of upsetting. Mm-hmm. But I think that's it. Uh, If there was nothing else you had, I was just scanning my notes. I don't see anything else. Uh, No, no. I I, I think, again, to sort of uh, recap what I said earlier, is that um, I don't think it's a disaster or even a bad movie. I think it's, it's, at times, feels taped together, but the pieces that are taped together are decent. Um, Would you recommend people see it? I would, actually. I think... I think this, especially because I came in with such a low bar, considering how badly this movie had been uh, received in my, like, headspace, just from, like, what I had heard and, like, picked up, I was convinced that I was in for, you know, the usual episode that we do for this podcast, where I have to, like, restrain my screaming so you don't have to edit it out of the podcast. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's good. I I would say... after rewatching it, I do not like it quite as much as I remember liking it. But I still, I was still enjoyed it. I still found Hammer to be really funny. You know, I enjoyed those parts. I enjoyed the little bit of action. Uh, I feel like the third act sort of does kind of fall apart. But I would still say watch it. I think it's it's still better than all of the Thor movies except for the last one. Um, so you know they got that going for them. So yeah, there we go. I think that's it for this week. You can always, uh, if you want to tell us a movie you'd like to see us do, leave it at Facebook at NAOS Pod. Uh, that's also, you know, you can find us on SoundCloud, all uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, even though we don't really update any of those. But you can find all of that stuff there. You can find Ben on Twitter at the Disco Pony or his humorous uh, comedy Twitter, The Strange Log. For all you nerds out there, it's video game patch notes put up with no context. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at it's pokes if you want to see somebody update about seven times a year. Uh, you can look at it's all just art. You don't have to worry about just, you know seeing a terrible picture of me. Until next week, grab the hat and kill the cat. Let's butter this toast. <laughs> <laughs>